Borax Song Earthlets! My name is Conrad alongside my friend Fox, and this is the 104th episode of Space Spinner 2000, a podcast where two Americans try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD. One month of progs at a time. This episode, we're covering 2000 AD for September and October 1983. Progs 334 to 337. This week, Slain goes on a mission. Dread starts the midnight shift. And Nemesis, the warlock and Strontium dog, return! Oh, it's so epic. Like, Super three of epic. these progs are just... Uh... Some glorious, delicious things. Yes. Yeah. So, if you want to read along with us, you'll find the comics we're covering today in Judge Dread: The Complete Case Files Seven, Rogue Trooper: Tales of New Earth Two, Robo Hunter: The Droid Files Two, Slain Warriors: Dawn, The Complete Nemesis: The Warlock One, and Strontium Dog: SD Agency Files Two. Jesus. So it's a lot of material. <laughs> it's a lot going on. You know, and it's all, and it's one of these things where there's both a lot going on and like it's all super classic stuff. So it's all been collected and things like that, you know? It's real rough. Yeah. And speaking of classic adventures, let's just dive right in with Thrill One Slain. Gonna be honest, their depiction of hell looks pretty dope. Mm. Hey, don't steal my line. Uh, script, <laughs> script robot Pat Mills, art robot Massimo Melodinelli, and, and, and Mick McMahon, letting robot Tom Frame. I'm just yeah. saying there's a dude holding a sword in the back and a dragon and a dog gnawing on a dude's head. And totally. Like, yeah. Yeah, so there's a snake demon. So the snake demon locked in the basement of the prison that Slain has recently purchased <laughs> is <This> tormenting. <laughs> That's just what it is. Uh, he, he's tormenting it, it. The 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 demon is tormenting him with visions of hell with one L as it coils around him. Luckily, Uko is able to snap a manacle around the monster's neck, and Slain is able to then destroy it with his axe. Yeah, like strangle it for a second, it turns back into like his his old yeah, flathnade or just whatever. Drives an axe through. I her mean, face. you know, he knows that that's just a a guise that it's putting forward to avoid getting killed. You know, you got to kill these demons, man. I'm just saying, low intelligence has its place in the mm-hmm. barbarian world. Yeah, the demon is slain, and not a moment too soon, as an angry mob of villagers are coming to take him out. Um, the boys head south as Slain reminisces. It's almost uh, Sawin or uh, uh, Samhain or whatever, Halloween. Mm-hmm. It's Sawin. And Into the Sourlands. Yeah. He's remembering a few years ago when he fought his first battle um, with the Red Branch during Sawin, uh, you know, and the Red Branch is the great warriors of his tribe. They wore these, co- they rode these cool chariots and wore cool armor, and they stole heck of cattle and stuff from nearby tribes. But also took heads and tongues. Because yeah. it's totally important post-murder uh, feast to, like, show yeah. that shit off. Yeah, you gotta show off your trophies and stuff. In the round hall of the Red Branch, everybody bragged and compared the number of tongues and brain balls that they claimed. One guy, uh, Gubbin MacTag, shows up and claims the hero's portion of the pig they're roasting, but Slain Which, isn't impressed. <laughs> yeah, he's like, man, this guy's full of full of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, he proves that the tongues that Gavin claimed were cow tongues, and the heads scavenged from corpses get super shunned. 
They fight, and Slane stabs him, proving his worth. And, st- and you know, Slane's super stoked to get back home, but Uko's nervous because Owen is the holiday of the dead. And, I mean, Slane's also kind of like, he, he's been talking about just getting rid of Unko, and Unko's not into <laughs> No, he wants to work. stick around, yeah. So, it's a meal ticket, man. Yeah. Next up, Mick McMahon takes over the art as we sort of get on the verge of a new storyline. I really love Mick McMahon's art style for Slane here. Um, it's oh, like, man, it's strong and great. Yeah, it's like inks with like lines scratched into it, I believe, or it's just got a mm. very like, um, like it's it's both dark but it has a ton of like just lines to like to, like creating texture and stuff. It's a very it's got a lot of texture to it. That's really amazing. Yeah. Um, Slane and Oko make their way through the Sourland where the half dead wait and like people walk around on stilts and stuff making their living, which is pretty cool. Yeah, man. It's got a very um, Fury Road feel to it. I soup. I was about to say that actually. I, I super Whoa. agree with that. Um, yeah, they got the, the, just those stilts guys that no one really talks to in, in that movie. So <laughs> awesome. Yeah, they stop at this fort thing where a guy insults Slane by offering to sell him a saddle because it's the height of effeminacy <laughs> in the Cesare to, a, to to ride using a saddle. So he must have a bum of concrete, basically. Oh um, God, balls of steel, really? Yeah. Uko talks up Slane's legend as we again flash back to young Slane as he learns the way of the warrior. All all the things he learns are awesome. Yeah, throwing concrete balls, jumping over shields, throwing spears with his feet, and using the many-toothed spear, the gay bolga. Yeah, you gotta gotta surgery it out of your body. You can't just pull it. But Slane learns about that one the hard way when one of his rivals tries to kill him with one. And he just yanks that shit right out. He's like, yanks nah, it man. out. Yeah, he uses one of his t- one of his arm torques as a tourniquet, um, and then kills this dude. Yeah, with um, kills. Yeah, kills his would be killer by going but, into his first warp spasm, which was awesome. His eyes just shoot out of his head, and I guess he just yeah. shoots black liquid out. Black of his liquid. Brain. Yeah, go- goes out of the top of his head like a geyser. It's awesome. It gets real big and ill proportioned and stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, he kills that guy, and that caused a blood debt requiring Slane to kill that guy's dad and then seven other of his kin. He didn't think it too many, though, Fox. Uh, <laughs> you never do, I guess. Mm-mm. Finally, Slane was taught the secrets of the Red Branch and taken to the Great Cairn Burial Mound for his final initiation, where, like, they uh, tie you to a wall and the sun <laughs> rises on you, like, the sun rays form a Red Branch and you get all warped and super powerful or you die. Um, seems legit seems pretty good he gets a prophecy written about or or told to him that seems to imp- include an annoying dwarf which is pretty funny but now he's just a vagabond warrior so whatever yeah man he's gotta seek his honor yeah meanwhile a man on a woolly mammoth is looking for slain which is awesome is great and meanwhile slain is like lamenting his lot in life this time, we flash back to a point where Uko and Slane use Slane's warp powers to get money to fill their bellies. We're basically like, God, uh, that's right. they took a bet that Slane could lift a horse using just his leg muscles and basically has Uko, like, insult him until he has a warp spasm and is able to do so. <laughs> it seems like to work pretty well, uh, given, like, you know, oh, yeah. the fact that it's the chidings of a dwarf. Yeah, it's not that it didn't work, it's that he's, like, ashamed to have used his goddess-given warp powers just to earn money, you know? Mm. So, 
at this point, the mammoth guy and his goons burst in looking for Slain. It was a pretty this awesome, is, pretty awesome is, fight here. It's <laughs> awesome fight, but like, given how this resolves, which is, oh no, man, I'm just here to hire you. Why would you bust in with goons? It's never true. bust in with goons when you're put like his best foot trying forward, to make a deal. Yeah, to not get his goons killed before recruiting Slane. <laughs> I mean, those goons cost you money. I mean, maybe that was his yeah. plan. Is like it was a half now, half later situation. And now he oh, keeps half. Yeah, he's trying to trying to loosen his paid his payrolls of goons. But yeah, wow, so this guy great. this guy shows up and he wants Slane to kidnap his daughter. He can pay handsomely, but she's being held in Drew in, in Drew Nemeton, which <laughs> is the most feared of sacred groves. And she's gonna be sacrificed by the Druids at Sawin. Oh man, it's not good because those those skull swords are all about the place. That's right. Yeah, but this is a chance for Slain to restore his honor. So we ride to Drew Nemeton. And he's not gonna do it for dollar money. I guess. Nah, I mean, that's what honor. it kind of seems like. Yeah, nah, yeah. It's not. It's not super clear. But now we shift back to Bellardinelli as we, uh, as beautiful. he draws the amazing land and terrifying landscape of Druidmaton. It's all like skulls and like not so much trees as like giant roots of trees yeah. and like standing stones and stuff. And becomes this. It's just this huge, terrifying like boggy forest. That's really amazing feels like flesh and nature made yeah real whatever yeah like like made like manifest or something yeah there we go yeah slain yeah do my best slain ties up his horse and oko begs him to turn back but no dice if he's going to return to his tribe as a great warrior he's got to do something really daring and so once again we flash back to droon soldiers (laughs) in this case uh kidnapping a bunch of kids including young uh mave which is a M-E-D-B, but I believe it's Maeve. Um, and she's a total barbabe. Oh, yeah. Barbabian? She's, what? Barbabian? <laughs> yeah, barbabian. Sure, that's fine. <laughs> Red Sonia-esque? No, no, actually not. Like Both of those are barbari- bar- barbabians, but it's different. Uh, she's yeah. rode into a pit to the evil wizard Slaufeg. Oh, man, um, they have to crawl through because he just yeah. keeps getting tighter. And Climb. these dudes are, like, holding torches as they're crawling through the crevice. Yeah, they, they, they go through endless tunnels, including up to crawling through them until finally coming to a huge cave full of, like, stalactites and stalagmites, animal drawings, and creepy giant animal skeletons. Um, yeah. There's a cool part where, like, Maeve keeps her cool and identifies, like, the one painting that hides the Lord Weird Slaufeg inside. She's, dude, he's super weird and slough Oh, yeah, his face is real, like, you gotta get that face looked at, buddy. Um, Goopy. <laughs> yeah, she's not afraid, and that impresses him enough to offer her to become one of her, uh, one of his Drewnesses. Uh, the others are not so lucky and are just sort of taken away in who knows what. Um, <laughs> I, I like how they just immediately say, I'd like to be a Drewness. Yeah, me too. And he's like, yeah, we can't all just. Yeah, I'm sure you would. That. And yet you're about to be sacrificed in my, I don't know, gross sex dungeon or something like that. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, because the, if they're just going to eat them or something, they could cook them above ground. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, That's true. It's got to be. It's got to be a gross, sloppy sex. sex Something. Dungeon. He's a goopy man. Yeah. Uh, so Slane and Oko arrive at the 
at the at the forest fortress of the Druids, Slain snags a giant dead tree to allow them to enter unseen, like a big ladder. He uh, <laughs> he he Middle Earth Shadow of Wars his way through the fort, which is wow. diehard in like a uh, in an evil fantasy fortress. Wow, <laughs> I love that game. And he he makes his way to this house thing where Maeve is getting ready for Sawin celebration. It's full of smoking awesome. hot pagan chicks. Including Maeve herself, who's covered in, like, tattoos or body paint or something, and, like, this cool spiky hair and stuff. And immediately, Slane is like, damn, these these girls are gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, it's good times. And that's where we finished Slane this week, man. Oh, geez. Next time, we're going to continue on with this storyline. This storyline's called, actually, the, uh, the Bride of Krom, and... It's one of these funny things where I, I feel like both Mills and um, Robert E. Howard are sort of drawing from similar myths and stuff to create their storylines. Mm. So there are some crossovers in terms of names, like the pagan, like this Drune god being named Krom, or like Slaufeg shows up in a lot of other like sort of pagany things and stuff like that. I would have called it barbarian hijinks, personally. Mm, that's super fair. But yeah. <laughs> like, um, this was so awesome. I... Specifically, feats of strength. Picking up a horse with your thighs is a pretty, pretty dope, sweet move to earn Picked money. Up that whole and then, big tree. That whole big tree. That was pretty yeah, awesome. That was great. I just like everything he does is so fucking over the top. Absolutely. Yeah. No. No half measures for slain. That's super, super true. But speaking of half measures, Fox, it's thrill to Robo Hunter. One and done. Just real quick in Robo Hunter here. Uh, script robot, robot Alan Grant and John Wagner's TB Grover. Art robot Ian Gibson. Letting robot Steve Potter. So, we're on the island of Dr. Droid. Hoagie and Stogie run from an enraged Sam Slade, but they easily get away as old Sam just doesn't have the motor that he used to. Meanwhile, though, <laughs> the droids have found a bunch of robots locked in cages. And humans soon, locked in cages. Yeah, right? humans locked in cages. That's right. Okay. Sorry, um, soon the bots come out the, with, the, with a white flag of truce and introduce the prisoners to Sam. They're all, like, starved and put on torture machines and stuff. The, uh, it's horrible. Yeah, uh, they, they free uh, them, <laughs> and the mob confronts Dr. Droid, and the droid explains that his island is a health farm, and he's, like, not starving. He's putting these guys on the diet, and it's not torture machines. They're exercise machines. It, in fact, he shows that the, it's like a, a weight on a fucking spring. <laughs> Yeah, he like, um, and then he like shows them like before and after pictures and like, oh, you guys were all big fat guys, like whatever. <laughs> He's like, you guys signed contracts and look, you're making progress. And I like how immediately this turns like, around from oh, yeah. really angry. Yeah, too. that's oh. right. Yeah, we got to let's get back to those cells. We got to start working out. I think one of these guys looks a lot like a young John Wagner, which I think is kind of funny um, in, a, <laughs> in right. a burn, in a burn kind of way. But like <laughs> his face looks pretty similar to the one that we identified as John Wagner in that one Ace Trucking story. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, Anyhow, <laughs> we sort of end up here, I guess. The Doc and Sam share a drink of carrot juice, and then Sam passes out. One last Michael Fien as a Hoagie and Stogie commit Sam to this island to get Sam back in shape. Sam curses their names as the island submerges one last time. And that's the end of Robo Hunter! Man, he's going to have some brain damage. <laughs> Robo Hunter will return in September 1985. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Cool. Will he be thin and old? 
I mean, he'll be old for sure. I don't want to. I don't want to make a lot of bold statements. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, whatever. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, funny send off. Yeah, that was a good. I like a good send off that ends just with a "Here's another mess that we've gotten into." Like the characters, one character cursing someone else's name. It's like, oh, we're gonna keep doing this forever, you know. Yeah. Even if you don't actually see it, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think like we got kind of a slowdown with Robohunt. I mean, I did. I felt kind yeah. of it slowing to to kind of a halt. But yeah, this I was, think, yeah, this yeah. was fun at the end. Yeah, they, we've reached a point where at least a Grant Grant and Wagner are out of uh, Robohunter stories. I think that's true. I'm at Slade saturation point. Yeah, but now we're on to other stories, and it's good times. Hey, speaking of stories, Fox, speaking of getting your fill of stories, or just eating your fill in general. <laughs> or just, like, one ton of stories. That's right. It's Thrill 3, Judge Dredd. It's a whole ton. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's the so a script robot John Wagner and Alan Grant, TV Grover, art robot Carlos Sascara and Ron Smith, letting robot Tom Frame. Yeah, Tommy, Tommy. <laughs> so, Fox, it's the 27th Heavyweight Eating Championships. Oh, I'm so fucking stoked, dude. Yeah, there's a ton of contestants, literally, including <laughs> including our guy, the abdominable, sorry, the abdominal Arnie Stodgman, who um, plans to eat a literal ton of food for his manager, Charlie Bruno. On Man. your mark, get set. Chow down! That mustache is so strong. Dude, Arnie, Arnie Stodgman's got a powerful mustache. Almost as powerful as his appetite, for sure. Yeah, the fatties are all positioned. <laughs> are we just, you're just a commentator now on the I'm, eating championship. I mean, I'm doing what the comic's doing, all right? <laughs> but for real, the fat, you know, all these fatties are positioned under these giant funnels that just drop food right in their mouths and are real crazy. Meanwhile, outside the stadium, the judges wait for Dredd's signal to arrest them all. And so the race is on, you know, as fatties begin. It's going on. Fatties are dropping out. Betting's heating up. Everybody calls these, like, these guys pigs, which is pretty crazy. Just like, pig it, piggy, pig, 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 you know? Or like, when they're talking about Stodgeman, they're calling him the the black or the dark pig of the yeah, championship. Yeah, yeah, because he's, he's the dark horse, but he's actually the dark pig because what this contest is. It's, it's ridiculous. I <laughs> love when one of them taps out in the middle and it's just like, um, we got to say goodbye to Fat Belly Frank. Any regrets? And he's like, no, sir. 700 kilos is personal best. Personal best. PBS, buddy. <laughs> Get these gains. Um, at the halfway point, Dredd lowers the boom, and all the judges start to converge on the Cyril Lord, Cyril Lord block. We're down to three contenders when Thunder Chops Gunston is disqualified because he's using appetite inducers. So much so that he's eating his oh, yeah. skin Just starts eating like his uh, trainer and stuff. <laughs> it's just Arnie and the champion Little Joe Johansson. The judges start to swarm the stadium as Little Joe throws in the bib at 985 kilos eaten. And I mean, Arnie's up, but... He's at, no. Arnie's at, at, at 978, so he can win with 8 pounds, but he demands that 25 kilo pie. Bring me that pie! <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
He eats it. It's done. Arnie is gone and done the ton to win the championships. Oh my god. That he falls down awesome. dead. <laughs> Just yeah. blank. Totally dead. The the um text for it is flump. <laughs> <laughs> so Dredd arrests everybody involved, including Charlie Bruno, who gets who gets murder. Um, all that's left is to send Stodgeman to Recyc, oh, and they better gear up for some overtime, buddy. <laughs> some NCIS shit at the end of this. Absolutely. Oh, man. But hey, speaking of overtime, Fox, ooh, it's a mini transition. Uh, <laughs> with Prague 335, Dredd moves to the start of the Prague for the first time in a long time. I feel like Strong. he's been... In the middle since, I don't know, like maybe since 1981 or something almost. Actually, yeah, I can't remember since he's, he's first started. Been... I mean, this this was like a, a big comic because it's the like return of two very strong characters, right? Yeah, so... yeah, yeah. Well, this, you know, um, this story is uh, The Graveyard Shift, and I'd call it a mini epic. It's like seven issues, but I just really Damn. love... How it does so much stuff just about like uh, like like a night in the life of Dread in Mega City One. And oh, it's stuff. rapid fire yeah. uh, ridiculousness. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. It starts as an awesome uh, splash page of Dread heading out for the night, just in this massive maze of Mega City One streets. He responds to an ARV, that's armed robbery with violence call, as the first victim of the knife is knifed in the back at the Jeez. Vic Mature M- Memorial Avenue. V- v- Vic Mature, actor best known for his role in, like, Samson and Delilah or, or 1 million BC. Um, okay, then. Yeah. Dread arrests the perp and then heads out to catch a citizen gone amok nearby. Uh, Dread Get sends him wrecked. to the Psycho Cubes. Yeah. Get around. Super yoked and he wants to just like fight everybody. <laughs> yeah, until Dredd shows up. As we hit 2105 hours, we just start to get a real sense of the chaos of Mega City 1. As riots break out, the weather goes haywire, and a bunch of jubes attack and kill a judge. Well, then the whole time you're just getting these buzzes from your bike. Item, juve rumbles expected in sectors 931, 57, 145, 144, right. <laughs> 145 again, or sorry, 143 and 408. Voice activate for further data. <laughs> yeah, with the, the neon sights, the neon lights start to come on as a sad mega citizen calls in to Claire Hogg's Heartline, which I assume is a spoof of an 80s TV show or something. Mm. Um, or maybe radio show even. The caller is Lionel and asks if Claire will be his friend because he's all alone in the big mega city. So nope. <laughs> I wouldn't be friends with a loser like you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> it's just so shitty. Yeah. Dread investigates the dead, the uh, judge that was killed earlier and the killers are spotted by Judge Taylor. Five other judges respond and just <sighs> take the judge down, da- take the perps down. Hey, man. You don't go about killing judges i, I guess mean, you do but there will be consequences um, <laughs> like a five-man hit squad exactly we're 51 minutes into the graveyard shift and nine thousand serious crimes have been reported it's been quiet so far <laughs> um, <laughs> uh dread gets a call there's a leaper at Stra- at the stratford john's block who was the, the same uh, dude yeah, the same guy. Who, uh, Stratford Johns was an actor on the show Z Cars, which was this British show that ran for 16 years and 800 what? episodes. What the fuck? Why does Z Cars? 800 episodes? I guess it was Jesus. twice weekly or something, but that's still a lot. Um, that's so many episodes. Yeah, the jumper jumps, and that's just about it, I guess. Uh, there's more calls come in. Dread spots a robbery in progress. What's the body count, Dread? I'll let you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> Heatseeker. Yeah. Awesome shootout of the action. Dread, uh, and then afterwards, Dread spots a Boinger b- bouncing through the city on, uh, Boing. He hits him with yeah. an incendiary, uh, bullet and he gets stuck to the Crosstown Zoo, which is pretty good. <laughs> All the parts with the, with the Boing is going around. You just see Dread in profile and Ron Smith is, re- again, really going crazy with Dread's chin now. It's really awesome to see the transition. There we're, we're getting, we're on the road to peak chin. There's never actual peak chin. There's a lot of chin going on here. There's, there's just a percentage growth every year. That's right. It's like a mountain coming out of the fucking plane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the volcano keeps going, and eventually just the mountain rises from the sea, man. <laughs> That's great. Me, uh, the night wears on. There's, you know, stabbings and roof gang and, and youth gang. Stum gas keeps things under control. And we actually do see, like, a lot of judges handling their own here. Like, judge, like, Dredd showing up a place and then being like, yeah, you were fine. We don't need you here, Dredd. To go do your own thing, you know? Yeah. Which I think is cool because it sort of shows that, like, yeah, like, all these judges are competent. We just happen to be following Judge Dredd around, you know? Exactly. And There's- the ones that we see die, they were just, you know... Unlucky, I, mean, I guess. Yeah, basically, we see uh, that there's a sniper stopping traffic as drivers pile out of their cars to shoot back. Mutants are infiltrating through the west wall, and a sonic cannon is being deployed as part of a domestic <laughs> dispute in the Larry Hagman block. Larry Hagman was, of course, a JR on Dallas and the dude from My Dream of, Dream of Genie. Oh, that's awesome. I yeah. like that show. Yeah, it's good times. By so, the way, uh, oh, the next thing that happens is to me the coolest thing that I have learned in well, the past the, uh, several procs. Yeah, the Larry Hagman con apps are burning and Chief Judge Magruder dispatches more judges for anti-looting duty as an impromptu barbecue breaks out nearby. Like, they're saying that this is the best barbecue they've had since that time when that power station blew up and spilled lava all over <laughs> Mega City 1. You remember that with the Holocaust squad and stuff? That was crazy. Oh my god, that, that was... That was horrible it was and sad yeah. and awesome. I mean, another example of Ron Smith destroying Mega City 1 in such a beautiful way. Dread arrests a guy who is uh, selling hot dogs, hamburgers, and hag fries. And I spent like two minutes looking up hag fries to see if that was an English delicacy before I realized they were just French fries <laughs> named for the Larry Hagman block. I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> the guy I like how... I like how, like, in the same scene, like, Judge Shred is like, the only freedom you have is the freedom what you're told. The freedom to do what, you to- do what <laughs> to you're do told. Yeah, because the, the, the guy selling the stuff was like, come on, Dredd, it's a free city. He's like, no, it's not, buddy. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I'll just shut the hell up. It's great. I mean, shut up or be shut up, you know? That's fair. Yeah, so, you know, the mutant incursion's getting pretty serious and the pens are filling up. Crime rates rising, rising rapidly, hundreds of crimes a minute, a suicide every 45 seconds, and three Jesus. judges dead so far just this just this night. Uh, Dread stops a guy with razor-sharp teeth and a back covered in bite marks because he's a bite fighter. Which... <laughs> It's so ridiculous. this is the coolest fucking thing. <laughs> Dredd gets back up to help him take these bite fighters down, including Judge Hershey, my favorite. Oh, um, yeah, Hersh. What yeah. up? Yeah. They break up this bite pit, which is basically just two big dudes pit. with sharpened teeth and their hands tied behind their back, just biting each other. <laughs> just like, like cockfighting with dudes biting each other. It's crazy. It's really just... 
the most horrible spectacle because there are so many people. A lot of people. The uh, dread comes in the back way, but the, and the uh, perps think they all have it easy by going out the back with a female judge. But Hershey quickly changes their minds, including knocking out some dude's razor sharp, bite fighting teeth with her elbow, which is pretty awesome. Dude, just no more teeth, bro. Nope. So, both Dredd and Hershey drop the paperwork of this onto Judge Lavell, and the two of them head out to do some crime swoops and just be real cool. <laughs> I, I really love how it's handled. It's like, as senior judge, you guys are doing it. It's like, Lavell's like, ah, oh, Dredd. And then Hershey's like, as senior judge of the two of us, I'm You're doing you. it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, Hershey. And they're just like, let's go. Let's go chill out and do some crime swoops. Yeah, we haven't really seen a lot of Dread not liking paperwork, but this is really, it's really going hard here, I think. And who likes paperwork? So they head up. The fire at the Larry Hagman block is under control, but unbeknownst to everyone, the city defense of the Vincent St. Clair block are planning to attack, uh, are planning an attack on the Carol Monroe block. And Fox, uh, uh, shout out to Steve Green who helped me out with this, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is apparently a reference to court to the show Coronation Street, where um this husband and wife that were always fighting, like he had an he had like a fake name that he used, like an escort service, and it was uh, Vincent Saint Clair. But then she got wind of it, and man, she get placed as the escort using the fake name Carol Monroe. So she like caught him like trying to cheat on her at this bu- at at the bar and stuff. Oh and, my oh, god. It's just real British. This is a this is like a, a real like uh, yeah like evening like a like a soap opera deep cut reference, you know. <laughs> Damn. So anyhow, next time the hole that ate Carol Monroe block. Uh, something tells me, methinks they're gonna blow up below Carol Monroe block. Man, they freaking better. <laughs> I would hope. We gotta see some more of this city just completely collapse under its own weight. That's right. And hey, speaking of uh, things collapsing under their own weight, nah, thinking of of obscure British things, maybe. (laughs) It's non-thrills, covers, nerve setters, and contests. Oh man, so many sweet fucking covers. Yeah, man. 334, we get an awesome Bellardinelli poster cover as Slane fights the snake demon right on the gates of hell with one else. <laughs> on hell's edge. Yeah, on it's for... hell's edge. Edge of hell. Yeah, just, I think that's for censors, censorship purposes. Targ <laughs> and the werewolf, by the way, is real. So fucking real. Yeah, it's, it's so good. It's good. You got the werewolf head with that Rosetta Sirius in the in the forehead. Yeah, and the nerve center Thar the werewolf mentions the end of that Return of the Jedi sticker sticker thing we started last week. Yeah. And uh, the end of Robo Hunter as well. There's a cool picture of Judge Vader and letters complimenting Cry of the Werewolf, a kid using Robo Hunter as his CB radio handle. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Mid prog, there's details about these Jedi stickers. And if you get and if you get Buster this week, you can get a free boomerang. Oh yeah! It's just two pieces of cardboard. I feel like. I mean, it could be plastic. I don't know. <laughs> That's fair. It's not a space spinner. That's what. No, matters. absolutely not. Midprog is a mighty micro page with a bunch of listings for games. Mm-hmm. Fun run. Game listings, computer programming books, mentions of a new programming language called Fourth, and then requests what? for computer high scores for to in in exchange for getting some cool software. 
Nice. Yeah, I should also mention that um, this month Eagle comic is getting a spud gun included in it, which is cool <sighs> for readers, but according to Steve McManus's book is usually a bad sign for the comic itself. Like, really? if you're giving out a spud gun, it means that they're trying death, that, like your show is on life support. Like, the spud gun is like the defibrillator paddle of a comic, like, giveaways, basically. So it's just a free being a dick gun. I mean, yeah, it's just sort of a thing that, that all kids want, so they'll definitely buy that issue. And you gotta hope that you can um, stick them around. But it also means that you need a lot of kids to buy this issue and try to stick around, you know? I mean, you'll Oof. notice that, that we almost never have giveaway, have like these kinds of giveaways in 2000 AD. I mean, we have recently with the Star Wars things and stuff. Oh, but well, that, like... you know. But not there hasn't been like a second space spinner or a spud gun or something like that. That's no, what I'm no. To say. I mean, but they also do. Uh, I mean, it's sci-fi, so the connections at the hip, right? Yeah, but also, uh, you know, we talk about eagles. So shout out to where eagles dare. Good guys. Oh hell yeah, that's yeah. gonna be great. Yeah, Prog three thirty five. Oh yes, this is the Prog. Win an Atari Dude. computer and get a free Dread poster. But the big news is the return of Nemesis and Johnny Alpha in this awesome double Kev O'Neill colors of Scarer cover. As soon as I saw this, I'm pretty sure that were I a child in 1983 and this was like the next issue, not mm. knowing anything. I probably would have just like had a, a miniature freak out. <laughs> Win an Atari. All Ataris yeah. must be one. <laughs> yeah, fifteen Ataris must be one. I the the one thing that's a bummer is that I think for this one the poster was taped to the cover because mm-hmm. pretty much every version for of three thirty five I've seen had this big black bar right in the middle of the cover that like uh... g- goes down into the nerve center as well. It looks real bad. Um, it's a bummer oh. for sure. Yeah, so there's no real nerve center this week. This is sort of a jumping on issue. Instead, we get like quick introductions to all the characters in the comics uh, this week, which is actually, interestingly to me at least, more the format of what the modern uh, nerve center is with letters elsewhere in, in the thing. That's how modern 2018s oh. are. Oh, well, that's kind of neat. Gives you so, like a. Yeah, hey, it just kind of gives you. Here. Yeah, it's just a blurb of like what this guy's deal is, basically. Um, <laughs> they are awesome. Yeah. FYI. <laughs> Mid-prog, yeah, you can win this sweet Atari computer. You gotta do a multi-week series of word scrambles, Fox. I'm gonna help you out with this one. This week's answer is Captain Smith. (laughs) Okay, then. Yeah, Proc 336. Roll up, roll up, see Slain the Giant! A dope double-sized cover by Mick McMahon here. Um, In the nerve center, T for Tharg from that Rogue Trooper story. Has condolences <laughs> for those who did not prepare their thrill circuits for 335. He did warn you. Um, <laughs> there's a picture of a very young-looking strontium dog. Letters for from a female reader. And then another uh, letter insulting Tharg's intelligence. A third asking. Just some weird rabbit stuff. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, it's Chief Rabbit uh, Esther Horgan. Yeah, don't 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 give that weird rabbit guy uh, the <laughs> satisfaction of, of attention. Um, also, <laughs> several wow. 2080 droids are heading up to Glasgow for the uh, Comic Mart there, um, and the computer contest rolls on this time. This week's answer is orbiting Venus <laughs> <laughs> or grip 
Bowen Nevis. I'm I'm translating it for the kid. I'm helping these kids 35 years ago cheat, buddy. <laughs> Man, but if one comes into the future because they built a time machine in the past in order to go to the past in order to qualify to win an Atari and they win one, will have changed the outcome of all history. And according to like some time twisters, not even realize it. Like, comment, subscribe if you're a time traveling kid from 1980s listening to this podcast for sure. <laughs> um. Brug337, Kev O'Neill, asks us to join Nemesis for The Hatching in a just a gross-ass oh. cover. That's real awesome as well. <laughs> I I specifically love this, man, because in 336, uh, love for your female readership abound in that one. <laughs> so it's a half-size nerve, half-size nerve center this week as Jabba the Tharg attempts a thrill-power record. No, I love I love huts, man. I got a I played the Star Wars role playing game. I had a hut Jedi, super awesome. I had a what? translator droid that translated what I said, so I, I would say whatever I was saying in hut in, in fake hutties, like oh Bendombe, Zingabosa, <laughs> um, and then I translated as a, as a you know like a mighty process as you should move or be moved, and then I had a lightsaber, <laughs> and it was real cool. Anyhow, How enough. Does it work? Enough, uh, enough of the most boring thing in the world. Someone talking that's, about their D and D character. That's <laughs> instead, awesome, um, instead, there's letters that hail Slain as being awesome, and others that misk is, which I think we can all agree on. Oh man, yeah. This prog ends with another eagle gif. This time, a space spinner that has four blades and is weirdly swastika esque, and just you know, stay off. Don't steal our bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, my question is. Are space spinners, because this is like both capital S's, right? Yeah. So is are space spinners like a type of Frisbee, right, that I think can just, it's just branded? I think it's just the kind of Frisbee that comes with a comic book. <laughs> and then other details <laughs> are immaterial. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, got the one, uh, the, the second to last entry in this computer contest. The answer is systems critical. <laughs> Semtis Tail Cirque. That's right. And speaking of uh, crazy hidden signals, Fox, it's oh, Thrill 4 Rogue Trooper. It's real good. It gets <laughs> real, uh, man, just like sexy. Yeah. No, so I, I'm, okay, well, let's get to it. Uh, script about Jerry <laughs> Finley Day. Art robot Baluda and Brett and and Brett Ewins letting robot Tony Jacob and Bill Nuttall. So let's finish up the, the Frisco fog here. Quick note: uh, in San Francisco, nobody calls it Frisco, so don't do that, or you look like yeah. an out of towner. That's my mess. That's my lesson like to you. Asshole, yeah, no, it's not. No one cool calls it Frisco. Um, <laughs> so the Norts are attacking nearby skyscrapers with these crazy extendo ladders. Uh, Rogue's here to help the defenders, though, at least to an extent. There's a ton of Norts, and Rogue manages to overturn one of the extendo ladders that makes the Norts seem to retrieve, uh, retreat. But it's rough because he's the only survivor except for, uh, Zappa, who is this crazy human soldier with the Fort Neuro syndrome. But he's like, painting all over the place. Yeah, freaky, hippie, uh, Fort Neuro syndrome. Just above the fog, Rogue spots an airlocked bridge extending out. Zap has lost his own world, painting numbers on the elevators. Um, Rogue goes down to the floor where the Nor- or sorry, Zappa goes down to the floor where the Norts are entering. 
and is swiftly gunned down, but when the Norts try to take the elevator to the top of the building, they find that Zappa sabotaged the numbers on the elevator, and suddenly they're on the ground floor in the heart of the deadly Frisco Fog! Oh my god, he totally helped in his final moments, even though he was space crazy. Anyhow, everybody's dead, so let's go move on <laughs> to a new sexy battlefield. <laughs> Does it surprise you that maybe... Uh, is Rogue Trooper just the North's best weapon? <laughs> I mean, it seems like the Southers are not doing a good job at this war. And so wherever... Like, the, we, we've seen very few actual Souther victories, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I guess Fort Nero was a victory, right? Like, if Rogue hadn't been there, they would have lost. That's true. And it's basically um. impregnable, except for all of the places that it's definitely pregnable. <laughs> I mean... You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the giant gun wall notwithstanding. Right. So, Brett Ewens takes over an art here as Rogue reaches Look the shore the of the scum sea. Oh, yeah. So, where next, asks the chips, and Rogue is in shore as a Nort hydrofoil goes by. Checking the radio, there's a ping on the scrambled GI frequency. Doll in distress. Hottie with a body. Yeah, the dolls will recall our female GIs, so we gotta help her. I mean, you know, having a body is a real important thing to mention with GIs, as, as I have um, uh, three-quarters of the GIs I know, in fact, don't have bodies. <laughs> uh, Bagman gets a fix on the source of the uh, call, and Rogue builds a sweet sailboard to make his way across the scum sea. Sometimes Rogue, you just gotta go windsurfing, man. Yeah, he freaking windsurfs out, avoiding uh, Nort patrols, though to do so he does end up grappling, hooking one guy off the side of a boat <laughs> into the sea, which is pretty awesome. It's really I love horrible this. for that dude. Scum sees 100% video game rules, like you touch that water, you're dead, you know? <laughs> it's really great. Eventually, Rogue arrives on shore, where he finds none other than Venus Blue Jeans, the doll from the Millicom Memories story, Helm's old girl, Ro uh, Rogue's new girl, and geez, good lord, she's just a sexy, genetically engineered lady. Yeah, she's wearing a freaking bikini when she meets them, so wearing it's like, alright guys. She's got the Rob Liefeld special, which is like a bikini, but then like a belt with a shitload of patches, uh, pouches on it. <laughs> And it's no visible wonderful. feet, I think. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't so, even notice that. She's been on this island, Caliban, for six months, but now they got to figure out what to do before the Nords find them. For those out there that notice the name of the island, that's pretty on the nose, because that is the name of a character from Shakespeare's The Tempest. That's right. Oh, yeah, no, Mysterious Island, you call Caliban. Like, this is, hold on, hold on. Like, he, see if you can hear this. That's me. That's me tapping my nose because it's on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> so Venus and Rogue are reunited. But hey, what's her story, man? She was on this satellite that crashed here. She was the only survivor. Um, I'm going to stop mentioning how hot Venus Blue Jeans is because it makes me feel bad. But it's true. It's. I mean, look. You gotta read it as you, you gotta take it as read that there's an attractive lady in these comics, man. I'm gonna try to stop can creeping watch on the entirety her. of Magic Mike with a straight face and understand completely its purpose. <laughs> I think people can stand when when someone says a character is drawn uh, to look amazing. 
these and she looks troop- great. Yeah, these Rogue Trooper stories are for like the uh, teenagers in the 2080 audience for sure. Exactly. <laughs> so a Nordcraft is coming their way, so we got to get to cover. The GIs hide, but the ship spots some smoke from the food that Venus was cooking. Which, all right. <laughs> Can you smell <laughs> what the genetically in- infantryman is cooking? Anyhow. And I uh, guess it's blowing up your sh- fucking yeah. shit. <laughs> Rogue springs into action, jamming the Nort's radio and shooting them down. He quickly runs back and tries to edit their black box to remove any mention of, of enemy fire. Venus cooks Rogue some food again, but before he can eat it, Bagman reports that Nort ships are on the way inbound. Looks like things are heating up. Uh, Nort boats are on their way. There's still time to get something to eat, right, Rogue? <laughs> nah. It's interesting. <laughs> this, this keeps happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, a Nort landing party is on its way. Rogue uh, goes to try to fake the crash scene, but Venus gets captured by the Norts. So they try to take her to the ship. Or no, they do take her to the ship when suddenly midshipman Aziz starts killing everybody, exposing <laughs> the ship's crew to New Earth air and stuff. Oh, it's Rogue in disguise. How, how could he have possibly... Oh, wait. <laughs> Doing the oldest trick in the book. Uh, transitioning from oldest trick in the book to under-sieging this boat. <laughs> oh, man. It's real good. They have, have to, to jump get... right into the scum sea. That's right. Uh, well, because yeah, after that, um, they were planning on, on hijacking the ship, but Venus doesn't want to go because that's her new home. Uh, but instead, Rogue accidentally hits security locks. So they got to dive out of the ship before it explodes. Rogue carries Venus to shore, and they're going to be stuck on this island, or so it seems, as a bunch of missiles hit the beach. The whole fleet is after them. It's like, my God. (laughs) First off, can't catch a break. Nope. Second off, man, just like every time you do something, I guess something else will happen. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, next time, return of the scum marines. Oh, man. I wish the Sun Legion came back. Also, sad, sad times for the scum for, for the uh, for the Sun Legion. But yeah, fun, good uh, character. You know, this is a big character moment for Rogue Trooper, just hanging out with Venus Blue Jeans and stuff like that. We're gonna get some more of her next week. Awesome, very exciting. Yeah, and hey, speaking of uh, a ca- of a tough character, sexy female counterpart. It's oh man, <laughs> Thrill Five Nemesis the Warlock. This was so awesome. Super agree. Script robot Pat Mills, art robot Kevin O'Neill, letter robot Steve Potter. Nemesis book three! Oh, and it's so beautiful. O'Neill is back doing yeah. what, I mean, just the Lord's work. <laughs> Absolutely. Or, or the demon's work in this case. Beautiful. Yeah, so Nemesis the Warlock, you know, he's a dog, demon, dragon, alien, resistance leader guy. But now he's chilling back on his home planet, wearing his human skin robe, playing his human face flute, as his familiar uh, Grabendok, speaking in gibberish, reminds him that uh, Chira and Magna are about to have, to have their combat. Well, yeah, we can yeah, go check that out. Chira and Magna are these two warlock-looking centaurs. One's white, one's red, and they are meeting on the field of battle. They joust, they shoot arrows at each other, and oh, it's just real awesome. Um, it's just a lot of damage and a lot of fierce combat a lot of between fighting. two opponents. It's hard to to really bring it out in words, but it's really awesome art by Kev O'Neill. Just these big landscapes and these silhouettes fighting each other and stuff. 
You got to see end, it to admire it, man. Super agree. In the end, Chira is able to kick Magna off the side of a cliff and into lava. And Chira does that thing where she takes her helmet off and like has long hair and reveals herself to be a lady and specifically Nemesis's wife. Whoa! Oh my God, she's defeated yet another challenger to yeah. his hand, fighting for control of Nemesis because we're like going backwards in here where the ladies fight for the hand of the man. That's nice. Well, and, and specifically the female species. That's right. Is well, deadlier cheer- than the man. Yeah, Chira rides off Nemesis on her back. And again, yes, Fox said we get that message. The female warlock is deadlier than the male, which is a reference to a poem by Kipling, if you didn't know, Fox. I did not know that. Yeah. When the Himalayan peasant meets the he-bear in his pride, he shouts to scare the monster who will often turn aside. But the she-bear thus accosted rends the peasant tooth and nail, for the female of the species is more deadly than the male. That's fucking great. And then it's just a big-ass poem about how, like, you know, dude animals are wusses, but female animals will mess you up. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. The, uh, next up, the warlock Ashtar wanders around his house, the castle Mendes. And man, this it used to be a super cool place full of like parties and laughter and stuff. Dude, now, there was once a three-year party there, I hear. Yeah, now it's just the remains of all those parties. As well as him and his daughter Magna, who won't stop pining over Nemesis, even though Ashtar wants him to marry a nice rich husband. But nope, she wants that Nemesis. Yeah, well, he's he's a he's an accomplished warlock who's gotten his his boots and hands dirty. She's yep. not into her dad being uh, basically wanting to sell her off for cash. And given <laughs> that she's just a better warlock than him, considerably, yeah, he he can't even do magic anymore. Um, so. So Magna's determined, and she knows there's one way to get rid of her rival, and that's calling Galdern Torquemada. Oh my god. Yeah. Not Is she a, lot of, a bad guy? See, I mean, they're all kind of bad. You know, there's not a lot of action in this one, I'd say, but it's more than made up by the amazing landscapes and scenes that make mm. up Castle Mendes. Kev O'Neill really drawing his butt off here. That's um, so beautiful. Absolutely. Nemesis has to leave soon to help the fate of the galaxy, but he's going to stay at least till after the hatching. We cut to this awesome warlock party full of all these different kinds of male and female warlocks. Some got wings, some are like snakes. They look all real cool. I like the the female who's being carried by two males, and she's and just like super gigantic, she, and those guys yeah, are like real, like, really struggling so to awesome. move her around. <laughs> so awesome! Yeah, it includes Ashtar and Magna. Uh, Chira and Magna exchange some frenemy type banter, while <laughs> Nemesis and Chira then combine their flames to hatch their gross ass egg, and from it comes a gross ass baby warlock. <laughs> They're going to call him Thoth. It's good times. It's really accurate. Wasn't Thoth his father? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So as they celebrate, great Uncle uh, Bal shows up, indignant about not being invited. You'll remember Uncle Bal from book one, right? That crazy old warlock that did experiments with humans. He's a huge dick. Yeah, Nemesis stole all of his magic stuff as well as Grabendonk from him. Mm -hmm. So he shows up and he embarrasses Nemesis by performing his performing his party piece, the Dan's Macabre, where, which is where basically just a bunch of human skeletons dance around and everybody's real grossed out by it. Shira is pissed. Yeah, man, you're ruining my hatching ceremony. It's your like uncle whenever, is super crazy. Yeah, you need to un- put him on the edge of the universe. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, 
Nemesis prepares to go, and Chira has this awful sense of foreboding that soon she'll be joining those skeletons in death. And also, man, Thoth is real gross, dude. He's just, like, (laughs) baggy, I guess? Because, like, Nemesis is, like, all these, like, sharp lines, and, like, like, it's almost, like, made out of metal or something. But Thoth just looks like he's, like, a bunch of, like... Folded together, big wad of sleeping bags or something. This he looks, looks real gross. Like the the baby from Dinosaur mixed with the Michelin Man mixed with a nightmare. Well, yeah, like if you took the baby from Dinosaur and then you like stretched it out to be like six feet feet long and then like snapped back so it was all like stretched out and <laughs> gross. It's a really disgusting feeling. bug, glassy bug eyes. Yeah. Next time, the Grand Master. Man, I fucking love. Nemesis the Warlock Conrad. I really fucking love Nemesis. Absolutely. The Warlock, I love that uh so just every detail of every panel, every like bit of color that they've decided to use and also every single contextual box that they add in where you're getting just rich backstory in mm-hmm. as few words as possible. It's really just yeah. beautiful. And yeah, absolutely. Just a real a real feast for the senses and excellent storytelling. God, yeah, that's a really great way to put it. Yeah, and speaking of old of old favorites coming back, Fox. Oh, man, my bro, it's Thrill Six Strontium Dog. It's a real rough go of it, man. The world it's is true. not nice to Johnny Alpha. No, yeah, script robot Alan Grant, art robot Carlos Scare, letting robot Jack Potter, Johnny Alpha, mutant galactic bounty hunter is back. Man, it's so good to see him swinging in and just shooting a dude in the crush. Yeah, you get a great splash page of him gunning down a mutant called Fonzarelli. Hey, who's wanted dead or alive? It's the Moses Incident Part 1. Johnny uses his alpha vision to see the Fonz's gang through the wall, and Wolf Sternhammer crashes through (laughs) it with his sledgehammer. They take yeah, they take some down. They tell Ralph now to sit on it, and but now it's time for the big money, and that's going after Doby Zitch. Oh hell yeah, man! Let's make our dough. Yeah, the locals complain about all the violence, but Strontium Dogs just doing their job, man. People yell at them on the street, and Wolf gets angry, but Johnny just like keep it cool. It's nothing we haven't heard before. They got a job to do. Yeah, man. Wolf gets real protective of Johnny. Yeah, I appreciate that for sure. Johnny's just sort of like, oh, like, listen, like, you know, I've just been yelled at and been hate crime since I was a kid, so it's not that God, whatever. it's fucking accurate. <laughs> um, there's only one person who doesn't hate them, Fox, and that's a kid named Moses who follows Moses our boys Quest. on their next job. Moses Quest. Yeah, they, they, they go to a bar where bad guy Doby Zitch is waiting with all of his goons. He kills one of his goons that wants to quit just to prove how evil he is. And then he <laughs> locks down his saloon as the Strons arrive. It's a, it's a good thing to do when you really want all those dudes who are just chilling in the saloon. I mean, to be like, it's a general rule of comic books, certainly of 2000 AD, that the worst bad guys, you know they're the worst bad guys because they're introduced by killing one of their own guys. Oh, fucking great. Nah. Johnny fires a number three cartridge into the bar. Not great for them. More goons try to surrender, but Zitch shoots them in the back as well. Um, It's time to take these guys out. Johnny fires an electro flare into the bar, and the, and, uh, the dogs run in. As that kid Moses goes for a better look, 
they start taking guys down, pulling them out of the windows, and like just being like, get out of here. But also killing them and stuff. Johnny and return t- of the time bomb, god yeah. damn it. Johnny tosses a time bomb and warps some dudes into space. In the end, Johnny gets the drop on Zitch, but lets him go for his gun to make it a fair fight. Zitch dives for his weapon, but... Johnny shoots him anyway as Zitch's shot goes wide. It's nowhere near Johnny, but it goes right into the chest of Moses Quest. Super fucked. It's a real bad man. The kid Moses has been killed in the crossfire of Johnny's job. His dying words about how great Johnny is. It was really, like, almost heart-rending. Totally, yeah. His mother comes running up and she tearfully blames Johnny for Moses' death. The townsfolk all yell at them as they head back to the Mutel. It's a motel for mutants. Uh, Wolf suggests that they just leave, but Johnny wants to pay his respects to the funeral. He arrives at the reef, but Moses' mom is having none of it. She tears up the wreath and, like, scratches his face, leaving, like, bloody claw marks on his cheek, calling him a killer. Johnny broods all about it. He feels like... This is all his fault, despite what Wolf tells him. He's got to do something about it. And then he asks Wolf, Have you ever heard of the Island of the Living Dead? Next time, Quest for Life! What the fuck? He's already been to hell. He's got to go to an Island of Living Dead. Hey, we'll see you next week. It's going to be real awesome. Going to be some zombies. Not going to oh, lie to you about that, be buddy. zombies? <laughs> Just gonna be zombies, Conrad? Oh, that's awesome. That's right. Uh, zombies and space wizards. Get hyped. Oh, fuck <laughs> you, really? Yep. Oh, my God. I love all of the things you just said. Absolutely. And hey, speaking, ooh, final transition, speaking of what you loved, Fox, what are your top and bottom thrills for this, Progs? 334 to 337. Prog 335, one of the greatest Progs of all time, in my opinion. I gotta say. I really is. I, I abstain. No bottoms this week? No I mean, bottoms this I episode? from all of it. it was no tops all, either? It was all <laughs> too good. It was all too good. Like, like I... <clears throat> so, Rogue Trooper wasn't around. Or, Rogue Trooper, Jesus. Uh, Robo Hunter wasn't around for the whole thing. No, right? just but one Robo ended, Hunter. Ended well, is yeah, what there, I was there, saying. I, 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 it, 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 it had a really funny story. ending. Yeah, I agree. But, like, name... Name any one of these, any one of these thrills, Conrad. Rogue Trooper? It's fucking great. Like, he yep. threw a bunch of dudes off of a thing into a thing and then found, went to an island. Odd babe. Yep. Is it slain? Can't be slain. Slain can't mm-hmm. be fucking bottom. There's no way slain can no. be bottom. Judge <laughs> I agree. No, this Judge is a great Judge Dredd story. That's what I'm fucking talking about. So, it, and just point of order, it can never be Nemesis the Warlock. <laughs> dog, so, like, what the fuck am I supposed to choose? It's an embarrassment of riches. Uh, I don't know, man. Um, I mean, you don't have to, I guess. Yeah, like, that's fine. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean let's, we gotta stick to format in some way. Right? I mean, like, I feel like we can maybe do it once, but we definitely, like, like okay, you know, next week, next episode, we gotta really... You know Resolve to parse these things out, you know? I'll tell you what. I will put Slain <laughs> on bottom. Okay. And here's why. Uh, it's flashbacks, the comic, right now. Ooh, that's a true. A lot of flashbacks in Slain. And, and while... So this is the thing. I didn't mind those things, but it gave us one to two pages of actual, like, movement in the story, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, fuck, all of one of, a, one of the... 
stories in Strontium Dog is just a flashback. <laughs> so, yeah. like, to be clear, there are good flashbacks, and this is one of them. But if I were to put anything with just, a, just like, a, a hair that I had to move off of its face, it would be slain. <laughs> oh, God. I don't even know what to put for top. A nemesis, clearly. I mean, I can't. Then there's Strontium Dog. I'm just going to say Nemesis. Fuck it. Like, I can't choose. And it's really beautiful and pretty. And I'm glad it's back. And O'Neill should never stop drawing this stuff, even if his hands fall off. Give him <laughs> Robo hands. Like All that right. I did that one time. All right, man. I did the hard thing. Now you do the hard thing. Oh, uh, I, I, I was super ready to punt. Like, I was just like, fine. <laughs> Let's just start counting them next week. Like, whatever. Oh. Like, this week everything's new and I can't I can't choose because I'm so happy. Um, it really is just like, I, I just got served the biggest, best, most favorite meal of all time. And also I can have seconds. And right, third. yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to start from the top and go backwards. Or, or sorry, first I'm going to say Robo Hunter only one also did a good job of just being funny and sort of te- ending things in a good way. So fine, whatever. Um, my, <laughs> my right. top nemesis, man. Nemesis coming back real strong with the amazing art, with the fun world building about the like nemesis's like family and like the, all the different like characters of the warlocks and stuff. Just that one party picture with all the different warlocks there and st- is such is so amazing, you know, is yeah, is real like great. Sass baby. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. So that's that's my top. All right. Nemesis is my top. After that, Stronium Dog. Stronium Dog's back, man. I love Stronium Dog. Oh, it's so good. Um. After that, like Dreadman, this um. This Graveyard Shift story is one of my favorite Dread stories, and Judge Hershey is in it, and there's just Ron Smith destroying the city and stuff, and even the part that's not that is a scare drawing the fatties at this eating contest, which is really hilarious, and I love it's fatties, you know? Great, yeah, man. And so, I guess, so I guess it's gotta be slain at the end, I guess, so, yeah, so we're in solidarity, I guess, but like, this is a freaking <laughs> A-plus slain also. Like, all these, like, Mick McMahon's drawn the art, and it's real great. We're at the start of this cool new story that's going to be really awesome and have a lot of cool stuff. Um, Honestly, I like the flashbacks because they really remind Mm. me of Robert E. Howard's Conan stories with Jump Around in Time a lot. Um, And so... This feels like a version of that, you know. I feel like the the prison stuff in Slain might have been a little ru- was was a little lower tier actually than mm. the stuff we're in now, where oh, it's straight up mission, you know, mission against the Druids, <laughs> and then what this story is gonna come into because you know, especially because I'm just thinking of all the movie references we're gonna make next week. Fox, it's gonna be real good. Oh, oh that's fucking great. Yeah, you're gonna be wondering how it gets burned, and it'd be gonna be real great. Um, wow. But yeah, anyhow. Um, so yeah, so I guess Nemesis first and Slain last, but like nothing in this comic is below like a 95 percent. Like it's all. Oh my god. These are all A comics, possibly all A plus comics. This it's- is. Like it's going to be hard for me not to name this the best of the year. Yeah, I mean, we're just in, like, this last quarter of 1983 is just, like, you know, we're sort of in 2080's golden age, but these comics are just golden comics. Like, you know, like 335 where it's, yeah, where it's Dread, Slain, Strontium Dog, Nemesis, and Rogue Trooper. 
it's like everything you would have wanted in a comic book it's, for that. It's that all week. yeah, it's all amazing and there's no like, you know, mean arena or anything like that. <laughs> that's like that's like, oh yeah, I got this lovely steak, but there's like this like strip of like fat on it or something like that also. It's all oh, just yeah. like the most amazing stuff. And so ugh, ugh it's real good. <laughs> It was just completely wonderful. Really strong suggest if you get the chance to just read through these. Yeah. It's uh, a great for you this know, release. So at the nice. height of a great era for sure. And I think, you know, everybody's sort of been, you know, this is one of the ones that I've been really looking forward to. You know, I, I, I talk about this with Skiz too. Just so much of 1983 has some really great stuff. And this one, we were really sort of downshifting into these super strong thrills and doing more and more things. Oh, it's just so amazing. All right. <laughs> All right. Enough gushing. Maybe we get... Indeed. Let's get out of here. Yeah. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or our podcast site, spacespinner2000.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages on Twitter at spacespinner2k. For everything else, look up Space Spinner 2000 and we'll be there, man. I promise. Yeah. Yeah, and even if you're a kid who's traveled into the future in order to get the uh, information in order to travel back to the past. To when Robots and time travelers, 100% welcome. So, and yeah. come, back, come back on Thursday of this week as Ooh. I'll continue my discussion with Steve Green, the co-director of uh, Search, Destroy, the Stranding Dog fan film, who also did awesome. uh, visual effects on this recent Judge Minty fan film. Uh, yeah, and we're just going to be talking about, or this recently released, sorry, Rogue Trooper fan film, bleh. Uh, and yeah, well, th- this time we're going to be talking just about Steve's history with 2000 AD and with making movies. We had a huge conversation. Um, I think you'll really enjoy it. I learned a lot, and I th- it was just a really great time talking to him. Just that, like, it, this, the show ended up being like three hours long, so I couldn't put it <laughs> oh out all at once. Um, That's great. Any- yeah, and then come back on Monday as we're going to continue. And it's just going to be more of this. Like, there aren't even any future shocks anymore. It's <laughs> oh just, God. it's just, um, dread. There's no yeah, more letter pages. There's no more cover art. It's just like, here's some awesome thrills, and they're right in your brain. You know, tighten your thrill circuits. The rest of this year is going to be real amazing. And <laughs> until then, I'm Conrad Eastbox, and we are Space Spinner 2000. Spongy Brick Rigs.